podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us as we provide you with some form of therapy on the back of yet a new low for Tottenham Hotspur this season. Look, we've had some really, really bad lows so far this season. But being beaten at home by Bournemouth quite comprehensively in periods of being largely dominated is yet another new low this season. If you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find us on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're across all major audio platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter, at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And joining me on the couch this week on this Last Word on Spurs, I'm joined by the brilliant Sammy Powell. Along with Sammy, we're joined by Tim Winstone over at Spurs Song Sheets. And also we're joined by, as always, Councillor Cracknell. Yes, the wonderful Richard Cracknell on this Last Word on Spurs as these guys try and offer some form of understanding as to exactly what is happening to Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Just quite naturally, on, off the pitch right now, lots of questions to be asked. I have to say from my perspective, before we do bring the guys in, that each week fans now are becoming more and more disconnected from supporting this football club. All we want as fans is a sense of direction and some understanding of what is happening at this football club. But both on and off the pitch, the lack of direction, the lack of structure, the lack of understanding, it is seriously harming, harming Tottenham Hotspur as a football club, harming the fans, hurting the fans, to a point where, quite honestly, this season, I know many feel they cannot wait for it to end. And fans couldn't wait to get out of that stadium on Saturday, which is a true indictment right now of where we find ourselves as a football club. Tim, I'm going to open up the show with you. It was a disastrous result for Tottenham, which at this point of recording feels like season ending. Look, we've had some bad results this season. We've had some horrendous performances. But losing at home to Bournemouth does feel like a complete new low. And when you consider Spurs, 11 games, we had 23 points. 20 games since, just 30 points on the board. Just unbelievable, the decline of Tottenham, in particular the second half of the season. And how we've allowed this situation to completely and utterly derail us. Especially a game against Bournemouth where we've no disrespect to them. Bournemouth dominated that game in large, large periods. So, Tim, give me your thoughts on the back of that performance. And yet another horrendous result for Tottenham Hotspur. I'm almost lost for words about what I've watched today. Because uh, I've sort of watched a lot of your shows in the last few weeks. Um, you know, They've all been therapy sessions. And obviously tonight's going to be no different. But I, I just can't get, I can't quite get what's going on because the whole, you know, Conte leaves. You just think, just go fresh start. Like, he, no one wants to write the season off, of course. But I think they just assumed if we get rid of Conte, that's going to get rid of the problem. But it, it isn't. We're just doing the same. Like, I saw your um, tweet earlier about the, 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 you know, the uh, definition of insanity is doing the same thing. And like, if that's what we're doing. We're just doing the same thing. I just can't quite get over what I've watched. It's, it's bad enough losing, but even to that point, I mean, it was just it was just torturous. I mean, until Dan Juma scored, what no chances second half, and you're thinking at one all, go out and actually have a go. Um, they had a go for 15 minutes for me, 15 minutes, and it was great. Perisic down down the wing, it, it was looking pretty good actually, really positive. And then you know, absolute car crash at the back as usual, make a mistake, and the whole thing just fell apart at that point. That's how fragile our team is. It takes one mistake, or two mistakes if you include Sanchez and Porro on that one, and the whole thing just fell apart. And it's just, and there was no coming back. And then even 
Yeah, you look at this is how uh, I know Crackers talks about how how weird football is. I mean, you look at Richarlison. Richarlison scores that goal. We're celebrating a three two win, but we're not, are we? And that would have that would have paper paper over the cracks. I'd love to see someone that can can say it didn't because that would have papered over the cracks of a very average performance today. So I'm I'm just as uh, yeah as disillusioned as everyone, mate. To be honest, Sam, if I can come round to you on this last one on Spurs, look, you are one of the most positive Spurs fans that we have on this show when we do our post match analysis. But I even know for you now, it is becoming really really hard to find the positives in what is a season that really is itching away from Tottenham to a point where, quite frankly, as I've said, lots of us now want it to completely end, given the nature of what's happening to us. I mean, look. As I've said there to Tim, it feels like this is the lowest point of what's been an awful season so far, which unfortunately has still games remaining to it. There was booze at the final whistle, obviously, but most fans just absolutely desperate to get out and get away from that stadium. And quite frankly, I think the worrying thing, Sam, again, is that we see the players look like they have absolutely no real idea of what they're meant to be doing on the pitch. There's no structure, there's no cohesive game plan, and ultimately, you can see the players are just lacking any fundamental, I would say, motivational understanding that an opportunity today presents itself once again where Tottenham Hotspur can have an opportunity to build and cement themselves into battling for a top-four spot and once again completely and utterly throw it away. Give me your thoughts, Sam, on the back of that performance and that result at home to Bournemouth. This is not good enough. It's an absolute shit show. And... You know, normally with Bournemouth, you'd say, I can't believe that happened last minute. We can believe it happened now. And that's the problem. Now it's almost expected. That's the issue with Tottenham at the moment. We've got this stigma, this this ethos, this spirit around us of thinking, ah, it ain't going to last. It ain't gonna, We ain't going to do this. It's not going to happen. This is going to happen. Something will mess up at the end. We're 4-0 up and we're still thinking we're going to lose sometimes. This is where we're at as Tottenham at the moment. And it is hugely frustrating and one of the things I, I want to vent, Ricky, is that are you telling me that Pochettino, Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte cannot manage this team? I'm sorry. It's not always the manager. There's something at Tottenham where, where it needs to change and it's just not working for us. Cracks, I've deliberately allowed you to stew and hear the guy's thoughts before I bring you in. But quite frankly, with Tottenham at the moment, I just, I've got no words as to what to say about them anymore. But I will obviously try and find some. You know, Spurs respectively, and a shout out to Adam Osper for this. They've gone out of three cups respectively to Milan, Sheffield United, Nottingham Forest this season without scoring a goal. And since New Year, have lost to Wolves, Bournemouth and Leicester and blown leads respectively against Southampton and Everton. This was the third time in four games Spurs have thrown away winning positions to drop points, having somehow drawn at Southampton and Everton meaning in total Spurs have dropped 12 points from winning positions and 10 points from the last 11 games. And also when you couple that with the fact Spurs have conceded 45 goals this season, only Everton, Southampton, Leicester, Leeds, Forest and Bournemouth have conceded more. It tells you and paints you a picture of a team that's lacking direction, that as you always call rudderless, and have no real understanding as to what they are being fundamentally asked to do. So give me your thoughts, Cracks. I'm sorry, I feel like a broken record here on that performance, that result, and ultimately now where that leaves us for the rest of this season that unfortunately will carry on. I get the feeling that some people at the club don't want us there, Rick. I think they'd be quite happy to have the NFL there every week or concerts there every week. 
or monster truck racing there every week or anything other than football because at the moment I don't I don't even recognise that as Tottenham Hotspur. And it's been it's it's a tough one, Rick. It's been worse than this. The football, I've seen worse football there and worse footballers, but I've never seen no semblance of Tottenham Hotspur. It's always been Tottenham Hotspur, just Tottenham Hotspur being bad or Tottenham Hotspur with players not good enough or, you know, just going through a, a, a bit of a, a period, if you like, or a tough time or a lean time. But at the moment, there just doesn't even seem to be a Tottenham Hotspur there. It's just, it's, I don't know, Rick, it's very hard to put into words. It's like, it, it's almost like they have, they're doing it because they have to do it. But everything else is more important. I was watching today and, you know, the F1 car adverts running round the side of the pitch and uh, you know, they're talking about like the Skywalk and this and that. It's everything but. I mean, even down to earlier this week when they were they put the adverts out for the season ticket renewals and absolutely nothing against any of the people that appeared in the advert because a few of them I actually know personally and they're, they're, they're brilliant people and, you know, they got asked by the club and they've done, done their bit. But that season ticket advert didn't mention football at all. Did not even mention the football. It was just a thing of, it's a great stadium and this is what you do every other week and this is where you meet your mates. And so renew your season ticket and come along and meet your mates in a great stadium. Nothing, barely anything about the football. Now, but, you, you know, you could do that down the spoons every other Saturday if you wanted. You ain't got to give, like, weather spoons best part of two grand to go and meet up with your mates somewhere you know it's just i just i don't know rick it's just i can't there's there just doesn't seem to be a tottenham Hotspur at the moment it looks like they've been mothballed to me nothing absolutely nothing now and and that's it's really sad so i think it's just a case now of are the fans going to come together and reclaim their football club or demand that it's brought back and brought to the fore and become an important part of that whole structure at the moment because it's just been cut adrift. It's just been cut adrift to just flow about with, with, with a broken engine and no rudder and whichever way the tide takes it, it takes it. But, you know, there's people with family generations invested into this club emotionally they can't do that they just they cannot do it rick they can't do it so but they but they but it just seems that they are they just don't seem to care they just do not care about the fans or the football so we're an impasse now you've either got to you know fight to get this back and make them listen or lose it it will go Honestly, I think if you asked that board and you like gave them a truth serum and asked them, would you like to be rid of the football side of Tottenham? They would tell you yes. If they could get rid of that and just turn that into the O2 in North London, 
and just have different talks, uh, events and everything, they'd do it, Rick. They would absolutely do it. I'm, I'm convinced of it. So uh, th this is where we are. It's horrible, Rick. It's absolutely horrible. I've never, ever known the club like it since I've been going since the 70s. There's always been a Tottenham Hotspur there. It's not there at the moment, Rick. And I'm, 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 I fear for the whole structure of the club at the moment. The team is so brittle. I've just never seen a team so brittle where one mistake can just change yeah. and define the entire game. Because even if we'd have won that, so let's say Richie scores that header, it would have been luck. It wasn't because of a great, like, you know, sterling 3-2 performance. Football can hide a lot through results, can't it? But Absolutely. It just, yeah. it just wasn't, it, that was not that game that I was watching. It was hopeful, creating nothing second half. You just... And again, just listen to the atmosphere of the ground. I can understand why people are sort of leaving because they're just thinking this just isn't going to happen. Um, and it's just been, like I said, since, since those cup exits, the whole, it feels like just a downward kind of trajectory. And you sort of like, get these little like humps of like, okay, maybe a goal is going to spare it. I just can't see it going that way. I, I genuinely fear now for the rest of the season because I kind of agree, like most listeners, top four is kind of gone. We had to win today. We somehow, somehow out of nowhere, won last week, which we shouldn't have done because we know the VR, VR was a complete, um, you know, wrong decision. Yep. I just fear for the season now because it is going to limp out. And I don't think it could have limped out if we'd have just got rid of Antonio, got rid well, of uh, Celine at the same time. And you just, if you get the right man in, it's a positive trajectory, isn't it? It's just going the right way. Even if you lose a few games, you're thinking, do you know what? Well, the future's looking bright. We're just stuck with the same situation, just a number two of the, of the same regime. It just, that's, I just, I will never understand why they made that decision and think it was going to be any different. You know what, Tim, you kind of, it's a lovely segue you've given me there into that kind of my next point, Sam, coming over to you. You've been saying about nothing's going to really change in terms of the managers. And what I will say is, look, for as much as he's infuriated us, in terms of his tactical stubbornness so far and his regimented nature of similar to Antonio, I do think Celini is actually genuinely a really nice guy. But he yeah, massively cost Spurs yeah. today, you know, from the Sanchez sub yeah. to move Romero out of position to the tactics or lack of them. Spurs had six attacking players on at the end there, and none of them, none of them seem to have any idea or clue what they should or shouldn't be doing. Now, you know, Tim made that point there, Sam, that we could have actually tried to salvage this season, but instead what we decided to do is appoint the bloke's assistant who he sacked, and we could now quite easily sack him. I mean, it is just utterly bizarre where this club find themselves, at a point where, do you know it sounds mad? If you had got in a Maurizio Pochettino or a Julian Nagelsmann or somebody else of a, of a, you know, a, of a, of a calibre of manager, that I'm sure there are managers out there that would love to come and manage Tottenham, as nuts as this season is, I still think Tottenham could have had a top four finish because of the nature of how horrendous the teams have been around us. But quite frankly, I think Spurs now are more in a situation where they're looking behind them than what's in front of them. So in your situation now, Sam, you know, Mr. Lini, how bad does that season look now to have given him the job to the end of the season? Well, it's really bad, Rick. I mean, the bottom line is what you said there is, is, is a nice guy. I mean, I had a guy working for me who was a really nice guy, but he was costing 1,200 quid a week and, and doing nothing and producing no, no figures. The, the bottom line is it, it doesn't matter if you're nice or not. You've got to get the results. But I've got to say, if you don't change anything, nothing changes, right? And what do we do? We don't do anything. It's an amalgamation. The manager, the ownership, the players, it's everything gelling together. OK, this isn't just my opinion, and I'm sorry if it divides views, right? But Ten Hag comes in, the Glazers are, are not favoured by anybody. 
They're not they're selling the club, whatever, but they make the investments for the players. Man United are flowing. They're absolutely flowing. And it's Tottenham don't make any good moves. They, they just they, they just don't do it. They restrict the manager from, from, the, from the board. They don't make the right investments. And we're using the same players we were using six years ago, starting on a, on, on, on a backup. So you tell me that if, if you were in a relationship that was failing six years ago and you were still going back to it and you thought it was going to work and it doesn't, that you're surprised. Because yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm absolutely fuming with the fact that we're, we're just not progressing. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, this club, almost week upon week, as we say, they, they can't surprise you. And yet we still somehow regress even further and regress even further. Cracks come over to you. You know, I think you've made this point a number of times. The nature of Daniel Levy... If Daniel Levy had hired Daniel Levy, he probably would have, he would have sacked Daniel Levy by now. But the fact of the matter is that sacking content hiring Stellini has to be up there with the long list of some of the most stupid decisions that we've seen in these last, well, recent four or five years. You know, if you look back at January the 1st, where we had that horrendous performance against Aston Villa, and look, Aston Villa are a decent side. At that moment, it seemed apparent that Conte's interest was very much kind of, you'd say, dwindling away there was a lack of interest. Mm -hmm. And even at that point, we could have been proactive. We could have moved. We could have maybe changed things. As you said before, bring Harry into the end of the season, Harry Redknapp or maybe Glenn Hoddle into the end of the season. I'm not saying these guys would have won us the title. I'm not saying these guys would have definitely got us top four. But what I'm saying is there might have been a better feeling around the club than there is right now, in which we find there to be a real toxic atmosphere where people now just simply can't wait to get away and the sad thing is that football is meant to be an escapism of life for <laughs> 95, 96 and a bit Great minutes point. where you forget all your problems away personally and you have your football club to enjoy. And many will probably say at the moment that the football is so horrendous and being around the club or watching them or seeing them is so horrendous that you actually can't even enjoy looking forward to a match day anymore. That's how no. sad it's actually got. So at what point, Cracks, does this now change? I mean, do you think Stellini should be sacked before the end of the season or is that not going to make any difference to whatsoever now if it's now or in seven games' time, the mood that we find ourselves in? Well, I think it all depends who you bring in, Rick. And, um, you know, it's if, the, if they make a decision on a manager but they're not available until the end of the season, OK, we have to sort of jog along with what we're doing. But with even within that, as I've said on one of the last shows, I'd rather see Ryan Mason yeah. just try and jog us along. Because exactly. at least he's a Tottenham boy. All right, he's not the right man for the job, but he's a Tottenham boy. He's got no real connection to the previous man that went rogue right back in January. But like you said at the top of that, Rick, it shouldn't even come to that because when Conte started going rogue in the Jan-Feb time, the writing was very much on the wall then. It was finished. It was done. I mean, he was saying some things that were absolutely all over the place. You know, they were... They were. You know, I've seen managers go for less before at Spurs and at other clubs. So from that moment... He was, he was, you know, a dead man walking, for want of a better phrase, wasn't he? It, it was, it was all over once, once you go down that route that he did and started talking the way he did. 
the club then has to hit the button and go, okay, the next man needs to be found and he needs to be found now. So we have actually had since Jan. So that's Jan, Feb, March, April. We've had two, three months already to try and speak to somebody to come in, but they let him stumble on and stumble on and just get worse and worse and worse in press conferences. And then we get to this point where he literally begged to be sacked, begged. Like, you know, he was just, apart from punching Daniel Levy on the nose, there was little more else that Conte could have done to get sacked, to be honest. And then all of a sudden, he got to a point where he had to go, and we knew that point was coming, and before the end of the season, and then we, you know, we're not us, because we're not the problem. Then the ball turned around and went, oh, scratch their heads, went, what are we going to do now? Because they don't understand football, Rick, because they're running off and just looking at this, that, and everything else going on. They turn to the director of football, that's fighting fires elsewhere with what he had going on because of like previous things that had happened. So he was distracted. And now here we are with, with Stellini, the, the love child of Conte, basically. And, you know, so, I mean, even now, Rick, we could, we, he should go. He has to go and just let Ryan Mason have this till the end of the season if your man isn't available right now but just do you've always got to try and make the best of a bad situation not not get into it in the first place but here we are so now at least try and do something but what, what we've got at the moment with him running the side just ain't working rick it's just not working and they just seem absolutely tone deaf to all this even if the club turned around and said look we are. We have got some candidates in mind. They're not available until the end of the season. Ryan Mason's going to take charge until then. They don't yeah. even communicate that out, Rick. It's silence. It's stony silence. All we, you know, tomorrow morning, all we're going to get is the cameraman in the gym again, aren't we? Them on their bikes. Um, we go again next week at Newcastle here's an half-price away shirt, or, you know, here's this, or here's that. That's all you're going to get from them. It's Nothing. They yeah. just just communicate something out to us, and we go, oh, okay, look, they are looking for somebody, but they're, but they're not, not available. And But this is, the, to, to quote Conte, this is the story of Tottenham, isn't it? And this lot upstairs at the moment are running this, it's well they're not even running it it's just it's just wild it's just gone absolutely wild nothing there's absolutely nothing coming from them they're clueless rick absolutely clueless you know we've, we've been saying here that essentially Slinny is almost in the mold of conte which again makes it even more balmy how spurs decided to make that change as they did and not give the actual players a fresh set of coaching staff or a manager to actually work with where they would have felt a little bit of space have been able to breathe away from the current culture around the club. What's interesting, coming over to you, Tim, is that Stini has come out in his post-match press conference afterwards and has pretty much put the blame on the players. He said they failed to get that victory over Bournemouth due to their mindset and digged out individual players. So 
he's got a bit, again, similar to the way Conte went. He said that, I accept that today we played two different games. We've had a good game until we scored and then we considered the second goal. What happened in the middle is not the mindset we needed. We dropped and we need to change this mindset. We need to keep the ball in their half of the pitch. He then said on the insistence of Spurs dropping deep, it's a habit we have. It's not the first time. It's a long time we do this. You have to be perfect in a defensive situation. We were not so perfect. I mean, it's the, the, the way he talks, Tim, and what he comes out with, I mean, it's almost as clueless as what we're seeing on the pitches, isn't it? There's no real understanding of what he actually is trying to get to. The fact of the matter is it seems that he's separating himself away from yet another horrendous display in which he tells us that even before the game that there's no issue with the style of play at Tottenham. Is that the biggest problem, the absolute disconnect from the fans to the coaching staff to the board at the moment? It's the whole thing. So um, what Crackers just said about, you know, just communicate. There's there's a phrase, isn't there? You know, uh, no news is worse than bad news. We'd rather have bad news. We'd rather have, you know, Nagelsmann doesn't want Spurs. We'd rather have clarity. There's no clarity. And it is just continue on. And then everyone's left in the dark. There's nothing worse than that because everyone's guessing. It's terrible. Uh, um, that's, I mean, for me, 15 minutes was when, well, once we conceded pretty much. After we went ahead, you know, great great, great, for, great first 15 minutes. Then we concede. From that point to Dan Juma getting away with that goal, um, whether you think it was VAR or not, it was clueless, completely clueless. So it was the, the entire chunk of the game, bar the 20 minutes, um, that we had no idea. So it just, again, it's just, it's just, it's just speaking for the sake of speaking. Uh, I completely agree. He should have gone at the same time as Conte. Fresh start. Like I said, mate, like Crackers has said, Mason isn't everyone's first choice, but he's a Tottenham boy, right? And so what they need now, and I completely agree with what you guys have said, which is why I do want Poch back now. You need someone to repair not just the football, that it's just such a problem across the whole club. And keeping the man that's everyone perceives to be part of the problem is it, not going to help things. The best thing you can do, just yeah, if you cut if you cut a Cellini and you've got Mason in charge, people will probably give him some grace because they know how bad it was. Looking at a group of players that have a real lack of direction, cohesion, yeah, that's, that's and even point. understanding what they're looking or meant to do, and for me that yeah. gets set. To be honest with you guys, that comes right from the very top. No clarity. You know, if we're going to be honest yeah, with it you, does, it does you, come from the very top, but. But the bottom line is, you know, management is absolutely key and, and management yep. is where it stems and yep. and then you get the results. I, I do agree with that. I'm really sorry, but there is absolutely no way that Pochettino, Jose Mourinho, the most decorated managers, uh, Antonio Conte, come to Tottenham and still get crushed. I'm, I'm terribly sorry. There needs to be some huge change and huge change in the club as well. You know, we get these smoke and mirrors of this incredible stadium being built for us, that this is what we're delivering to you. They're not delivering it to us. They're delivering it to the profits. They're delivering it to the company. That's what they're doing. What we want is we want to see the ball kicked in the right direction and the players cheering for joy with the fans, hugging the fans. It's it become enough now. You know, I would rather play and and have the results than than have a stadium that's got a cheese and wine room and you can walk around it and pay two grand or whatever it goddamn is to, to, to do it. The bottom line is it's the it, it, it goes from it does go from the top, but also there's accountability for everybody. It needs a complete refresh. The sad thing is, like I say, when you look at today, you know, for Spurs now upcoming for Tottenham in the next eight days, 
Newcastle, oh. Liverpool, Manchester United. <laughs> you know, we're now definitely in a situation where we're looking downwards rather than upwards. And it is a real, real shame that I still feel if Tottenham had got that new manager bounce, it wouldn't be feeling like the disastrous end to a season yeah. that it feels like it might be for Tottenham. And it also is maddening when you think about that Newcastle result earlier in the day before we recorded this, that, you know, Spurs had a great, great position to be going into that game against Newcastle, level one points, and in a real good feel-good factor to St. James's Park. And quite frankly now, I think you'll see a Newcastle side that are absolutely determined on the back of their defeat to really put a performance in and up their game. Because Eddie Howe, to be fair to him, he's had a few bad results at his time there, but they've been phenomenal this season. You can bet 100% Newcastle, St. James's Park next week, that place is going to be rocking. But what I do want to do want to say before we go for the break is I don't want the actual result or performance to take away from the fact that Bournemouth, they did play really, really well today in long periods of that game. And Gary O'Neill after the game said something that, again, maybe many fans might not agree with, but he said that Tottenham, he felt well, like the away side in that game. Yes. Bournemouth, they yeah. dominated large periods of the game, but he said Tottenham were a counter-attacking team. And I think it's incredibly sad right now in the situation that we're in that Tottenham Hotspur right now are giving up 50, 60% possession away to Bournemouth, to Brighton. We're Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. You know, we're not a club in the last 20 years that have been renowned for trophies, but we're still a club that have a heritage, that want to play a certain brand of football. And that is also now being taken away from the football club. And it is incredibly sad when you look at a club like Bournemouth today, who should have absolutely no God-given right to come and win the game. But when you see what it's like for a team that have got direction, structure, and everybody's pulling together, that's what gets you results in football. And Spurs at the moment just quite simply do not have that. And Bob Spurs says here that regardless of your stance, I've been saying it for years, it was only a matter of time before the lack of identity from the top slowly seeped down. And unfortunately, it has. But what we are going to do we are going to go for our first break of the show for our listeners on audio. Okay, Christian's here. Christian went against us today. You must be devastated because we, we did everything to get back in that game and try and win it, didn't we? Yeah, we gave everything. And the player uh, today, they have to go home uh, with, uh, with no regret in, uh, in this type of game because they, they push a lot. The only question they have... Uh, uh, to give themselves is uh, don't play two games in one. Play only one game. When we score a game, we drop too much, and we allow the opponent to to score two goals, not one. And to recover, that uh, is uh, is very difficult. We did because we we gave everything into the pitch, and we had the opportunity also to win with the Richarlison. Why, uh, why do you think we drop off, Christian? It's the mindset. Mindset has to change absolutely, because uh, was not uh, our intention. We need to go strong. We score the first goal, immediately we drop it. No, we have to keep the ball to don't waste the ball, and to play strong to go. Uh, this is uh, the only thing uh, uh, is important to analyze because today we played two different games. Because we started so well, didn't we, and got ahead in the game as well. We were, it was there for us, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, the game was uh, was well prepared. We played good. After the goal, change, and we don't have to do it. We really at two one down, Christian. 
I mean, you threw all the forwards on, really went went for it. And when we got to two all, we were just saying to Arnau, it just seemed like we were going to win three two. It, you just felt that we would get that winner. So for us to for it to go the other way, I say it must be heartbreaking for you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very difficult also because we, we deserve and we had the chance to do it. When you don't create chances, uh, you can say, OK, we were not good enough. But we were good enough because we scored the second goal and we had a great chance with the Richarlison. We have to, to reach the target and after that uh, uh, the game uh, was finished. And, the third goal uh, was uh, was like the other. We allowed them to score, and not uh, they don't they didn't deserve to score. If you made a mistake, uh, uh, is a is a is a problematic. What was it like in the dressing room afterwards? I can imagine there was a lot of sad faces in there. Yeah, absolutely. We were disappointed for the result. We have to know that uh, um, for. More than one half, before, uh, after we, until we consider we we score the first goal, and after we consider the second, we were so good. Now, of course, a huge part of last win on Spurs is about our wonderful viewers and listeners that tune in religiously to this show week upon week, game after game. And again, we thank you so much for all your incredible support. We've had in over 110 questions on the back of this last word on Spurs, more statements than anything else, and we'll try and give a flavour, as we always try to do on this last word on Spurs here. John Turney says, I've absolutely had enough, and I really don't care about this club anymore. Even the idea of getting potched back doesn't excite me. I really don't know how to fix this feeling of disconnection. Too many wrong decisions by Levy and co. Dan Law says, does anyone just laugh now when we have these capitulations? I can't even get angry. I'm just simply numb to it. Adrian Croft says, I care a lot about Spurs, but when I hear a last-minute winner from Bournemouth, I just chuckled and carried on like nothing had happened. I've given up caring now this season, which is a lot about where we are as a football club. It's not a surprise to anyone. We've made so many mistakes as a football club. JJ says, when do we really need to come together as a group and let these owners know that this is plainly and simply not acceptable? Rebecca Jean Carroll says, do Tottenham understand that losing is a bad thing? Seriously, do they? Has anyone actually checked with these players that they understand that? Dan Asabaitza says, in a system that was found to be lacking since the beginning of the season, why are we persisting with it? Surely changing it up is the only way we have a chance. If we played four at the back, who can play there? And would it be a good idea to play some of the academy players? You know, there's so many questions, guys, and listener statements here I could read out on last word on Spurs. Paul Newman says, just call it off, Ricky. We'd understand. We can't take any more of this therapy. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Paul. But look, again, this is just an echo of thousands of Spurs fans, the frustration out there at the moment is playing for everybody to see. But cracks if I can come round to you to once again go through the team. So for a third straight game, Spurs were once again unchanged. Now we obviously know there was injuries, of course, that have decimated Spurs' squad. They're without Basuma, Bentacor, Emerson Royale, Sessignon Davis. Plus on top we've got Lucas Moura's suspension, meaning that he couldn't have changed really the starting eleven too much. You may have felt Dan Zuma could have got an opportunity, but again, he was on the bench. It meant Dian Kulisevsky got his start alongside Harry Kane and Hummin Son. Elsewhere, Richarlison was back in full training and also on the bench again. 
and we saw youngster Romain Mundell also on that bench. And also 17-year-old fullback George Abbott stepped up for the first time to make that bench. So that team read Lloris Romero, Dyer, Longley, Porro, Hoybier, Skip, Perisic, Kulusevsky, Kane, Son. With a bench of Forster, Austin, Sanchez, Tanganga, Abbott, Saar, Devine, Danjuma, Richarlison. I mean, quite frankly, cracks. Look, it's becoming a familiar story now, this team. Any surprises for you? A third straight game and Spurs completely unchanged? No, not at all, Rick. You, you can't, can you? But especially, and the formation as well. Uh, come on. These are professional footballers. I said this last game. Put Dan Juma in now. Play four at the back. Get on the front foot. This is Bournemouth. You know, I know they're fighting for their life. I know they had a good result last week. But there was a couple of fleeting moments in today's game, Rick. On about 65 minutes, we got on the front foot. It was only for five minutes. We went at them. Dan Juma's got us a goal once he's come on. When, when we got at them, the crowd got up because they saw something a little bit front foot. Bournemouth started making a few little mistakes at the back because we was putting putting it on them. This 3-4-3 we keep playing and this counter-attacking football, it's just, I, I don't know. It's almost as if it's being done on purpose now. I just, I'm baffled by it, Rick. I, I simply just cannot find any reason why we keep doing this. And why? And because it's just not working. It's just not working. At some stage, surely somebody says, "Why don't we try this? Just go put Dan Juma in. He obviously wants to play. He's ne- he hasn't let us down. Every time he's come on and played, he's looked decent. He looks like he wants to have a game. He wants to have a go. Um, you know, we've slung Brian Hill out on loan." And I, I'm a Brian Hill fanboy, but the fact is, a couple of times he got a game for us, he looked like he'd make something happen. Why loan him out? Keep him in the fold, and give him and give him a run out. This can't throw some kids on for Christ's sake. Do, do something different. Something, just do something different. Something, anything other than this, because this is just clearly not working. And uh, you know, get beat by teams, but trying something else, trying to be front foot. You know yep. what? The vast majority of fans will just will say, "Okay, we got beat today, but we actually gave it a go." This at the moment is just purgatory. What we're getting on the pitch is just what we're getting from the club, uh, and I just I'm baffled by it, Rick. I'm absolutely baffled. Crackers and crackers. I said this, I said this to Ricky earlier, right? So, so when um when they bring Sanchez on, you're thinking, okay, you're looking at half full, half empty now. Lone ladies injured. We need to go and win the game. We should be a front foot team. We're at home against Bournemouth. Bring on Dan Juma then. Don't wait for Sanchez to come on for 20 minutes to then decide. Actually, he ain't good enough. So I'm going to haul him off and then make the change when you two went down. And he was part of the mistake that cost the goal. That's what I don't get. Now, the shame is that one player who's been really out of form, but looks like he might be threatening to get back into some kind of continuity of form, and that is of Hummin Son, who got the opener to this game. It was a magnificent pass from Longley in the build-up to that goal after he picked out Perisic's run down the left, and the Croatian cut it back for Son to drill the ball low into the net, and it would hopefully have destroyed that myth 
that Son and Perisic can't play together. But naturally, of course, the result is going to override any sense of the emotion of seeing Son score. It was Son's eighth Premier League goal of the season, 12th overall, and the sixth time he scored against Bournemouth. It's the sort of goal Spurs should have scored a lot this season, given the abilities of all the individual players involved. And Son said after the game, Team result is more important to me than my individual records. I'm focused on how we can finish the season well and in time we have left, how I can help my teammates out more. Today is a day that I feel much more responsibility for the team. Give me your thoughts on Son's goal and whether this might be potentially now the run in which we hope for Son where he could maybe end the season strongly, even if Spurs completely and utterly capitulate. Yeah, I mean, he's mustered and we, we, you know, we all back him, don't we? I mean, it's ironic that Beyonce is playing at the, at the at the stadium because he is irreplaceable. But the bottom line is, there's only a couple of players there that can do the job, and we're strong at the top. The the midfield is massively, massassively lacking Benton Kerr since but since Benton Kerr has been gone, uh, and and Oliver Skip, by the, I think he did a great job today, Oliver Skip. And sometimes he has good days, sometimes he has bad days, but that's football. But you need five of him to replace Rodrigo Benton Kerr. I'm, I'm terribly sorry you do. And it, that's the difference in class uh, when you bring players like that in. And, um, you know, the, the the midfield, you look at, are you confident with that? No. Are you confident with the back? No. Confident with the attack? Yeah. That's why we had to put <laughs> all the attackers on because we were going to lose to a club that we we should beat with our reserves. But uh, I mean, most of our possessions in the back in the midfield. So we don't play to the strengths that we actually have. Now, we are going to have to talk about one of the more defining moments in the game. But before we do, after Spurs did go in front, we saw Hugo Lloris make a decent save to deny Marcus Tavernier's dipping effort. But then subsequently, straight after that, it was the moment in which many will feel it changed the game. Clement Longley came off with a muscle injury. He pulled up while going in for a challenge. Davinson Sanchez came on for him in his place. And Christian Romero came on to the left with Sanchez on the right. And then immediately we saw Bournemouth level. Sanchez to Porro, who was closed down. It was a mistake. He was dispossessed far too easily on that right by Vina, who nicked the ball. And it was Billing to Solanke to Vina. He run through. He dinked the shot over the advance in Lloris. And Spurs caught totally asleep there, having let the game completely drift them by since scoring. And Porro, as we've seen on the back of this game, subsequently having to deactivate his Instagram account from what you would imagine he's received quite a high level of abuse. But we can't also get away from the fact Sanchez coming onto the field, the last three times in which Tottenham Hotspur have brought on Davidson Sanchez in the Premier League, Spurs have conceded at least once in the first 15 minutes. It's a damning stat. It may not all be on Sanchez. It may be down to a lack of communication or confidence or the fact that the guy is completely and utterly rusty. But ultimately, it tells you everything you need to know that Sanchez coming on the last three times, Spurs conceding in the opening 15 minutes. It's not good enough. And I'm sure Davidson Sanchez is one that wouldn't want to hear that back. So before we get into all the chat about Davidson Sanchez, give me your thoughts on how Spurs considered that equaliser against Bournemouth. I'll go back to it. So so why are you bringing Sanchez on? If you have a little trust in him, you're going to pull him off after six, 16 minutes or whatever. However, however, how long was he on for? 20 minutes? It couldn't be any more than that. You pull him off to go attacking because we go 2-1 down. He's part of the mistake. Just do it from the outset. Be be the half-full team to go, do you know what? Actually, we need to go and win this game. We won all. Let's go and attack the game. Bring Dan Juma on. I just couldn't I couldn't fathom what was going on with that. Um, but I'll be... And it was, to be fair to Sanchez, he's had that dodgy touch, hasn't he, in the bottom corner. So I'm, I'm not like blaming it all on Sanchez because I think it was Poro's mistake that obviously cost the goal. 
but he's obviously put him under pressure. He should play it, you know, play it simply up the line. At this point, just going back to that goal, surely, do we agree that, or don't agree, that Steen moving to Romero over to left centre-back, he was already forced to make one adjustment to mm. a back three with long lane being withdrawn. Why make another one? That's what I couldn't understand. It's Why make pressure. another adjustment? Because Bournemouth's goal was obviously Porro's fault. But does it happen if Romero is up right centre back? I'm not sure if it does. Does it? No, it's just it's just car crash. I mean, the whole God, the last three four weeks. I mean, every time a team goes forward, you're thinking, okay, the attack's over. It goes back to Lloris. and then we are we are the masters of our own destruction, aren't we? Because then we start playing out from the back, and we are yeah. we just do not have good enough players to play out from the back. We just don't. I yeah. don't I don't advocate long balls, but also I don't advocate play, playing yourself into trouble. And we did it again today against yeah. Bournemouth. And we we do that against the top, you know, top two, you know, Arsenal against City. We get punished every time. We just got punished again today, unfortunately, because yeah. um, it's Spurs. <laughs> you know, on, on another day, they get against an Arsenal. They put that wide or whatever. But today, yeah. I mean, it, it was a good goal. I can't knock the goal because they took advantage of <laughs> our our bad mistake. Now, of course, Bournemouth do score again, and this is one of those highly contentious moments where not everybody's going to agree in relation to the booze that Sanchez was subjected to at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. The fact about it, and we can't get away from the fact, is that Davidson Sanchez was turned far too easy for the goal. He then got back to get a foot on the ball, but that only helped knock it to Solanke to run in and lift the shot over the starting Romero and Larice's hands. Now, after that moment, we saw Sanchez being audibly booed by the Tottenham fans as he touched the ball for the first time since making an error leading to the Bournemouth goal to let them take the lead. But what I am keen to do, Cracks, I'm just going to play you in Hugo Lloris's interview on the back of the game in which he vehemently defended Davinson Sanchez and was fairly critical of the abuse in which he received in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And what I want to do, Cracks, after that is get your view on it. How devastating is that after you got so close to coming back into the game? Yeah, there's a lot of disappointment, obviously, um... It was more than a normal game uh, because uh, we missed a chance to, you know, to uh, to go closer of, of Newcastle, um, and then obviously uh, the story of the game. Uh, we went through different feelings, and um, and it's not uh, it's not easy to deal with, but um, but we have to recover from that. Yeah. The tactics of the game were completely changed when Sanchez was substituted off for Danjuma, really, really going for it on the attack. He got a really bad reception as he, he went off. No one wants one player to be made a scapegoat, do they? He, he, he started earlier. It's not when he left the pitch. Huh? It's when he came on already. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I've never seen this in my, in my career. Uh, I feel really bad for for Davidson because he's a, he's a teammate, he's a friend, and uh, and he's been uh, fight, fighting for the club for many many years now, and uh, and uh, it's just sad, you know. The story is sad uh, for the club, for the fans, for the player. Uh, it's something that you don't want to see in football. Um, but well, uh, then when we changed tactically, obviously we were more aggressive, we were more offensive. Uh, there was uh, a lot of very good connection uh, between the offensive players. We created much, um, and um, and then the problem is when you are two-two, uh, you are very unbalanced because you have plenty of offensive players and 
and um, we conceded this uh, this last goal. Yeah. And so hard for Richardson because it was a golden opportunity in front of goal. You could tell by the look on his face he couldn't believe he hadn't put it in the net. But as Stellini said, he's been pushing to get back. It's just his first game back now, but hard for him. Well, uh, I think he brought a lot of positive energy on the field. Uh, his fighting spirit uh, and also his skills, you know, in front of the of the goal. Uh, he's been very unlucky uh, because um, uh, he was close to score an amazing goal um, and also his header uh, 2-2. But, uh, you know, yeah, he has the right spirit. He will keep uh, working hard and, um, and for sure he will, he will get rewarded. And they just had that killer instinct at the end, Motaro with his first Premier League goal, and, and it was a, a beautifully taken one, very hard for you to get a sight of. Is that what Tottenham are missing, that just final killer instinct, or is that hard to say because you've got a tremendously season-defining eight days ahead of you now because you play Newcastle, Manchester United, Liverpool? There is no relation between the game of today and the season that we, we've spent so far. Uh, uh, the only unique uh, reason why we lost the game is uh, because at half-time uh, we should be 2-0 up and 1-1. Uh, uh, you know, um, it's all about details, small details that uh, change sometimes the, the, the story of the game. and. Um, uh, and little mistake that become uh, a big chance for the opponent and sometimes some some goals uh, and then uh, one one uh, we considered another one uh, again uh, probably we, we 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 could have done better but uh, but it's football and uh, we don't want to give up uh, there's still uh, many games ahead of us but um, but obviously um uh, in terms of effort, uh, you can't reproach anything to the players because we went uh, until the end, we pushed until the end. And, and, uh, but uh, we didn't get uh, the reward. Well, Cracks, you've just heard there the Hugo Lloris interview. But if I just pull out a couple of things in which he said, he said, I've never seen this in my career. I feel really bad for Davinson. He's a teammate. He's a friend. He's been fighting for the club for many, many years now. It's just sad. The story is sad for the club, for the fans, for the player. It's like you do not want to see in football. So give me your reaction, Cracks, if you can, to Davinson Sanchez being subjected to that booze in the stadium. Let me start with Lloris here, club captain, Rick. Um, senior player, World Cup winner, been at Spurs a good few years now. So what's happened with Sanchez has happened. Uh, I'll come on to that. So... When Lloris is interviewed, um, it wasn't just what he said, it was the way he said it as well. It, it, there, was, there was a bit of a dig at the fans for, for, for booing him the way, um, the, the, way that, the way they did. Um, so Lloris then, what he should do, he's like talking about it's sad for the fans, it's sad for him, he's a friend, he's this, he's that. If he's a club captain, and I think this is, I think it was a great insight into the mentality of the club and the current first team squad. If I was, if that was me thrown up to do that interview, first thing I'd say to the the, the, the TV channel is, listen, this isn't on Davison Sanchez. 
he hasn't really played much this season. We've been shocking as a team. He's only been a bit part player in that. If the fans want to boo anybody, they need to boo me. They need to boo Dyer. They need to boo Harry Kane. They need to boo Humin Son. They need to be booing the likes of us and not a player that hasn't really featured that much in this in this team. Now, as a club captain then and a senior pro, he's put his big boy pants on and he's take he'll take he's taking it for him. He's taking it for a lad that's visibly shook or shocked by by the way he's been treated by the, the crowd today. But he can he can absorb that anger. But he hasn't. He's just gone on about it being sad and Davidson this, Davidson that. He should have taken one for Davidson now. He should have taken that bullet for him. He should have he should have taken every bit of that blame that Davison's got and put it on himself and the rest of the established team that's played more regularly this season. But you know, he's just he's he's kind of just like thrown him to the wolves and just gone, oh how sad it is, you know, and just oh he's a mate. Well, yeah, so what? Like, I don't care if they all hate each other, but if they're all fighting for the same cause in a team, happy days. So, like, you know, that that wasn't the words of a club captain for me. He should have absolutely taken that for him. Absolutely. It weren't the actions of a captain. That's what Roy Keane would have done. Somebody like Keane would have gone, oh, hang on a minute. This is a young kid here. Like, you know... He hasn't featured much. Blame us. We're the senior pros. We're the regulars. We get them booze. I'm really disappointed with uh, with with Larice there, and I think it's a great insight into how that squad currently is. Every man for himself. Don't or don't look at me. Yeah, well, it was it was really bad for him, wasn't it? Like you know, and he and he dug the fans out for it, but. He's got to understand the frustrations, Rick. He absolutely has to. And I don't agree with the booing of Sanchez today. No one likes to see it, but this is also professional football, Rick. And you've got to put your big boy pants on to play it. You're getting big bucks. It's big pressure. And this is sometimes what what comes with it. They all love it when they're being lauded and having smoke blown up their backside. Well, guess what? Here's the flip side of that coin. And if you can't deal with it, maybe football's not for you because it is one of those things that comes with being a professional footballer at a big club in a big league. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know. Everything's off at the moment, including that whole feeling in the squad. There's a lot of players in that team that really need to come out and just be frank and honest and say, this ain't good enough. We're letting ourselves down. We're letting you down. But they're saying, they're just not saying those things. But guess where they've learned that from, Rick? That mob upstairs. They see they do the same things, not taking any ownership, not taking any of the flack for the club, not saying things could be better. Silence. Who can we throw, who can we throw under the bus? They've learned it. They've learned it from the top and it runs right the way down through the club. Now, Sam, to bring you in, 
I know you've obviously got to love and leave us a little bit earlier than planned during this last squad on Spurs. We, of course, saw Sanchez subbed off for Dan Juma after 58 minutes. We saw cheers from the home crowd as he lasted a little over just 20 minutes. And I will just say from my perspective, you know, it's clearly a confidence or ability issue with Sanchez rather than a lack of effort. I think when you take into account also... This is a sub that's seen off four-plus managers and was subbed by the interim manager because ultimately with Tottenham, we didn't go in and enhance the market under Conte to go and bring in an able and capable centre-back in the summer as we saw. We tried for Bastoni, he didn't want to come. We ended up with Longley. I know many Spurs fans would have felt the feeling that Spurs not only needed one centre-back that summer, they needed two. And what I would say is for those that are directing their anger towards Davidson Sanchez, I would direct your anger above that to those in charge and look at the board. You can blame Sanchez all you want, but why has he been allowed to be here for over six years? And that is the complacency that has been allowed to happen at this football club for far, far too long. So Sam, I want to ask your opinions on that for you. Stellini actually said, it's a tough moment for everyone and we have to analyse this moment because everyone needs to analyse how important it is to support a player. I take every responsibility for the decision I make. I thought it was too early for in the game to use another striker. So I didn't think that was the time. Then the second half, it was so Davison can come off. It was a tough moment and we will support him. It is a tough moment for him and for the team. Give me your thoughts there, Sam. You've heard me say a number of things there in relation to what Stellini says on the matter, what I've said there personally. Be keen to know your thoughts, Sam, before we love and let you go. I'll be honest with you, you might as well just replicate what Crackers said on that unbelievable rant that he just went on, which I agree with every single part of it. I mean, I feel it's a collective and a communal boo that's going on because everybody's just so frustrated. It's like in in real life, you know, when when problems are building up on you in, in real life, they're normally little things building up and building up and building up. And then it's it's game over. You You explode and you're at the point of going, this is enough. And I think that's where we're at with Tottenham. You know, Davidson Sanchez isn't good enough, but neither is Eric Dyer. And, and, you know, neither is pretty much 30 to 40% of the team. And we're used to that. We're used to that. We've not got a squad where we go, right, we feel confident going into this. Put it this way, if you put that starting lineup into an, an, an AI model and asked whether it was going to be uh, going to win the game today, then the answer probably would have been yes. But you'd, with Tottenham, it's so bipolar. There's no, there's absolutely no certainty with them. And that's where they need that guidance. I do agree with Crackers. I, I do. Everything he said, it goes completely from the top. But I, I, honestly, changing the manager... Would I love to see Pochettino in? Would I love to see him in? Yes. Would I think things would change instantly? Honestly, Ricky, I'm at the point of saying no. Because until we've got the backing, until we've got a manager, you feel like a manager can make the decisions and they can get the players in that they want to play the style of play that they want, then nothing's going to change. And we've seen this before. We've seen it with Mourinho. He's going to back him. He's going to back him. And then Mourinho started dropping hints. Ah, well, actually, you know, I, you know, it's not as clear as it seems. You know, I can't actually do everything that I want to do, but I'm going to get the best out of the players that, you know, maybe you wouldn't get the best out of. Then next minute, Conte. Look at that. It, it, that crushed Antonio Conte. That is, he is a decorated manager, Antonio Conte. I'm sorry if anybody that says that he was the wrong man for the job. I disagree with you. I, I, I disagree with you. It was just the fact that it wasn't he. He wasn't getting the promises that he was delivered, 
And, you know, I know it's restricted in a, in a January window. I know that there's, you know, a lot of factors that, that, that complicate the avenues that go into making it perfect and it takes time. But all you ever hear when someone comes into Tottenham is, ah, actually, um, yeah, it's a bit worse than I thought this was. Uh, it's going to take a bit of time. And then, and then it doesn't happen. There isn't the time for them. Do you understand? It's just, it's an absolute mess. And, you know, Dan Juma, I think, deserves a good crack of the whip. I think he should be starting some games. It's not working out for today. Why, why hasn't he started yeah. today? Well, that, I, I don't know. I think, yeah. Again, I, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah. I just think we've got we've got massive options there. I think Kulu is actually a, bit, a little bit out of form. Uh, but listen, we could go into depth with it. The yeah. bottom line is at the moment the glue is not sticking at Tottenham Hotspur. No. It ain't. No, it isn't. Sam, we know you got to go, mate. Thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. Sorry, it's been on a painful, oh, painful, painful mate, defeat. Mate. We look I love you, you guys. I'm so soon. sorry. I've I've just got to go and help with my little bo- <laughs> my little boy, and uh, I'm terribly sorry about that. So no, you're an I, absolute I, star, mate. Guys, listen, really appreciate it, and. Uh, Listen, dare I say, come on, you Spurs. I mean, you know, just what I end with this, Ricky, I always, always look for positives. I wake up in the yep. morning and I am grateful for every day. I'm one of those people. I, You know, yep. I value every single of course, day. Of course, of course. And, of and, course. and the bottom line is you've got to look for positives. At the moment, with Tottenham, it's fucking really difficult. It's really it difficult. And we need yep. something other than a change of manager, other than a star signing. We just need... Yep some gel, we need some team unity and we just all need to get behind the club and, and make sure that it happens. And you know what? We've got to make sure that regardless to to, to the decisions of the board, um, that, that we're behind the club. So uh, come on, you Spurs. I know. Well done. Did very well when you came on. But ultimately, it ends in disappointment today. That's a blow to us, isn't it? Yeah, the the primary feelings that we have is, is disappointment, obviously. Um. But what can I say? I think towards the end of the game, I think we've done well. Um, we tried to obviously win the game. And I think if you're Spurs, you should always try and win the game. Um, so inev- in- inevitably, you'll leave some space in behind. Um, both have done well on the counter. But I think I'll be more disappointed if we didn't try to go for the win. Um, I think towards the end of the game, we, we showed character. We, we got the equaliser. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't, wasn't meant to be today. But we can, we can do nothing more than making sure that we go back to the drawing board. Uh, does down, make sure that we, we give our own training again and prepare for the next game. When we got the equaliser and, uh, and made it to all, it, it just felt it was all set up for that dream ending and, and to win 3-2. So it, for it to go the other way, it's a real gut punch, isn't it? It is, it is, to be really honest with you. Um, obviously, it would have been, been a dream to win the game again, um, as, as we done away. Um, but this is football. It's it's not always meant to be, uh, and I think in in the hard times, even 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 more important to stick together. Even more important to get the support. Um, we're obviously devastated um, with the result of the game, but nevertheless, I think um, I'm standing here very confident um, in my teammates, in the fans, in the staff. Uh, we've got um, I think seven games left, and there's all to play for. So as long as we focus on the next games, uh, we get our conviction back, we get our confidence back. There's nothing to uh, to worry about if you ask me. You must have been pleased with your your own contribution. Took your goal brilliantly. Um, you know that's that's little consolation today. But you know at least it's something for you to build on personally. Yeah, there's something for me to build on personally. Um, yeah, obviously I've uh, I've been I've been waiting to 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 get a chance. Um, as disappointing as the result is for me today, obviously it's for me it's disappointing as well. Obviously to uh, 
to not start or not get the minutes that, that you're hoping for. But for me as a player as well, it's the same it's the same situation as, as, as we're in after the after after the game today. Just in football in the hard times even more important to stick together, to find your character and to make sure that you get the motivation to work twice as hard. And for me as a player that's all I try to do. Hence uh, why I came on I'm, I'm I'm very happy with the goal as well for the club obviously. I've been waiting waiting to to score for the club for a while now um, in the Premier League as well. And with the result as well, it's just football every now and then it happens. Just make sure that we go back we, we go back to the drawing board and we prepare ourselves for the next game. Next game's Newcastle. I mean I, I don't need to tell you how big that is really for the rest of the season. Look, if we can turn it around up there, then we can we can start hoping again that we can get in amongst it again, can't we? It's a massive game now, isn't it, next week? Yeah, I, I I don't think we should start hoping after we've won the game. I think we should start hoping now. Um, we should make sure that we still got our confidence. Um, Newcastle dropped some points. We've dropped some points today. Obviously, we had a big chance today. wasn't meant to be. Um, so all we've got to do is we make sure that we've got a good uh, training week ahead next week. Make sure that we switch each other on. Make sure that we we found out find, find our togetherness. And make sure that we uh, we get the three points uh, back home up north. Cracks, we're going to steer the attention back over to you if we can here. So in relation to obviously Spurs finding a leveller somehow, you know, we're at the stage where there was really no formation. We had Richardson replacing Skip. Um, it meant that we had Kulisevsky, Dan Juma, Kane, Son and Richardson on the pitch, as well as Poro and Perisic as fullbacks. It felt like it really was a genuine cup tie there towards the end. Before that, we had the chance of we want Levy out and even the louder ones for Mauricio Pochettino from that south stand. But Dan Juma did score. It had to be him. He rifled a home, a low shot from the edge of the box. A brief VAR check did confirm Kane did not interfere with play. And after the game, Danjuma said, if you are Spurs, you should always try to go for the win, which we have tried to do. And inevitably, you leave space with Bournemouth to counter-attack, and it's always a bit dubious scoring against your old club. Football is a business, though. I am now at Spurs, and I'll give my all for the club. And all I would say, Cracks, is with that leveller, the sad thing is, I think, as um, Tim and Sammy alluded to, is why the guy didn't start the game and wasn't brought on earlier. No, just... I mean, he even talks about the right things at the end of the game there, doesn't he? You should always be looking to try to win. You know, we're in the results business. I'm now at Spurs, so I'm for Spurs. It's, uh, you know, you've heard a lot more that you can cling on to out of him than you did from Loris after the game. That's for sure. And Dan Juma's been here five minutes. So, you know, this is exactly what you, what you want to hear. And, as I said earlier, Rick, every time he's played, he's not let us down. But yet he can't get in the side. I just, uh, it's it, it's baffling. Same as Forster in goal. I thought he was excellent. When, when he when he came in, when Loris was out, we looked a little bit more cohesive with him now. Now we're just back to looking shaky with, uh, with Loris in goal. Everybody just looks a little bit off of it. They're all a little bit worried what's going on behind them. Um, you know, Richarlison's Mr. Sitter today, as somebody's said in the comments there, but that does happen. Um, but create more chances because more chances you create, more ch uh, chance you've got of, of scoring a goal. And uh, yeah, he's, he, he took it. He took it well. Why he's not starting, I don't know, Rick. I, I really don't know. There just seems to be something going on at that club, between dressing room, boardroom, that we're not privy to, and it's like there's points being scored or something. It's almost as if Conte is still picking that team. 
you know what crack so i said this to you the fact of the matter is with the continuation of having Cellini there these players have not really felt like much has changed Cellini no. has been there in the absence of conte no. as a continuation there's most of the coaching staff there mm. nothing has genuinely really changed for those players nothing has they haven't been allowed to breathe there's not really been no. a change of system or tactics or style or impetus or structure Everything's the same. So yeah. everything's the same. Why are we really expecting different results? Did this last true. week, Rick, didn't we? After the Brighton game, I said I'm more concerned being a Spurs fan and winning than I would be being a Brighton fan and losing. Because yeah. it's not about those individual games. It's that direction of travel. It is the direction of travel. And at the moment... It, that that looks that looks poor. It looks Crackers, and, and they've gone to Chelsea behind and go and win the game. So yeah, they, they yeah, just yeah. they just turned it around and gone away, gone away to a yeah. very hard place yeah. to go and, we, and get a win. And they, they just played the same way. They believed in their yeah. structure, in their DNA. What we doing? It's exactly yeah. the same as when they lost Potter Rick and they brought Deserby in and they've lost players and they bring somebody else in because the structure's right, because the culture's right, because the direction of travel is right. You can drop off and pick up along the way. As long as the whole, the entirety of it is the right structure, you can have these disturbances within it with, like, without the wheels completely come off. So more important than even a new manager coming in at Spurs at the moment is the club structure to be right. And sorry, I just do not trust this current board to be able to just put their foot on the ball and go, right, okay, this is what we're going to do and this is the direction of travel and this is the culture and this is the structure and we will bring in the people and if we have a few wobbles on the way, we'll stay strong and we'll stick with it. They've not got that in their locker, Rick. It's not in their locker. So even when the new manager comes in, we will get a lift, but ultimately... I think whoever comes in is on a hiding. Uh, like over sort of two, three years' time, will be on a hiding unless yeah. e unless everything changes, nothing changes. But at least I that hiding is going the right going in the right way at the moment. It feels like we Correct. just you know what I mean because we kept Cellini, we just it's still going to keep going mm. down until you just get the right man. I'm not saying we can get the right man right now because it might be end no. of season, but at least something to not keep going down, just something no. to sort of level it out a little bit. Obviously, as upon that, obviously Spurs equalising, Bournemouth nicked it at the death, Ottera nicked it for the Cherries. They had the revenge after Spurs did similar to them at the Vitality, cut inside Hoybier, who can I just say, look, there's many that would like us to give a, a you know, a player-by-player -player analysis of those players that are just simply not performing right now. If we did that on this show, God knows where this show would go, but I think we all recognise there's certain players in that team at the moment that just simply probably aren't good enough anymore for Tottenham in terms of what Tottenham want to be in the future. Hoybier, maybe for some one of them. Eric Dyer, another one. You know, there's question marks at the moment in relation to the fullbacks at Tottenham defensively, what we've got off the bench. I think we can't get off the fact that we've got a number of injuries that aren't helping the team. But I will say again, I don't think the structure, the tactical setup is helping this side. I think it really is hindering them. And I, I've said this before, that the players are probably the biggest element of what has led the managers to foul at this football club on three or four different occasions, along with the board. But there are some talented players there, don't get me wrong. 
But at the same time, they're being asked to play a system which isn't getting the best out of them. Now, you could argue that if they were allowed to play an expressive brand of football, you'd see even more goals conceded. And that might be true. But again, for some fans, they would rather go there and pay their money to see an expressive brand of football and have the element of risk of conceding more goals. But ultimately, at the moment, it feels like something has to change. But as we've said, in these next eight days, Tim, as we look to close this one, we, of course, know the fixtures that we've got coming up. We've got St. James's Park coming our way. We've got Manchester United coming. We've got some really, really big games to come our way. What do you think we can expect? Do you see anything changing in these next eight, nine days with the fixtures coming Tottenham's way? It is, it is a worry going to Newcastle next week, isn't it? Is, I, I, I do really, really fear for us. But wouldn't it also just be Spurs to go up there and nick a win? That I was going to say so the same, the same thing, mate. Tottenham, Horrible it? one nil. And then, and then you're thinking, bloody hell! All we have to do is just beat Bright, uh, beat Bournemouth at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you look at—I mean, you look at some of the results from earlier this season against teams we should be beating, and yeah. those teams—if we did—I I, I haven't got the facts and figures in front of me, but we are third with a cigar on, literally right with a cigar on. Right those those yeah. easy winnable games. But does that not? kind of also tell you that if you get the right man in that the players buy into, then maybe it looks a complete mess, but maybe there is some easy fixes here. And 100%. it's not that really that far off. It just feels a lot worse. Crackers, my point was, I thought Conte was that man. I thought he was the man to come in. And, you know, the, the winnable fixtures, so your Bournemouth's at home, your Southampton's away... I thought he was the man to crack the whip and get that sorted. But it obviously hasn't worked, does it? That's, that's the most frustrating thing for me. Because we yeah, we we've yeah. always been a team that can pick up results against big teams. We've always done it. Always. Um, yeah. And again, yeah, recent I, history, I, I, even Man City last year, I know that Conte was in, but you know, the 3-2 Man City last year, you're thinking, bloody hell, it's just if we could just win these games like today. And that's the most disappointing thing for me because it just hasn't changed it. The, the bit that I thought, we needed change, and I thought it'd change, and it hasn't. Look, we've had a pleasure being joined by the wonderful Sammy Powell on Last Word on Spurs, the wonderful Tim Winston over at Spurs Song Sheets, and Kretz just coming over to you. I know you've got a special message that you want to close it on here on this Last Word on Spurs, almost a rallying cry, as, of course, we're going to be back with you during the week to look ahead to Newcastle and St. James's Park to come Tottenham's way. But, Cracks, let me come over to you and I'll allow you to close this last word on Spurs. All right. Listen, all I want to say is for everything that's going on at Spurs at the moment, the sun still comes up tomorrow, Okay, You know, there's still bills to pay, food to put on the table. So, like, listen, don't get too downhearted about things. Uh, One day it will get better. And another thing I just want to say as well, I know things are bad in the stadium for those of you who watch and go along. Please, please, please do not take it out on match day staff. Anybody that works in the bars or does some stewarding or in the shops or the offices, okay, this isn't down to them, all right? Okay, there's people that, you know, your IR needs to be directed at and it's certainly not those people just trying to earn a living and get on and do a bit of a job okay so i know it's hard i know it's frustrating but these people are not hiring and firing and getting getting everything wrong so look there you go it's um keep the faith keep the faith and just keep uh you know 
just keep the important things important and the, the football will take care of itself. Cracks, thank you so much as always for telling it as it is. Look, on this last one on Spurs, I'll be honest with you, our show's generally gone for about an hour and a half. I know mentally this club is really, really taking it out of us at the moment. So what we are going to do, we are going to, like I say, leave it there in relation to Bournemouth and just say to you guys, look, hopefully, fingers crossed, there's better days ahead. We have to be real and say, look, if things are going to stay the way they are right now in relation to the coaching staff and management and board level, then quite frankly, will anything change? You know, we're here with you guys after every game, after every Spurs moment that needs to be discussed, we're always here. But I think right now, the panel, us as a team, last one on Spurs in general, we all need a sense of direction. We all need to know where this club is heading. We haven't got a sense of understanding as to where we're going as a football club. I will just make a mention for any of those that are interested. There is a group out there at the moment that are changed for Tottenham. They're campaigning for a better Tottenham. As I would say to you guys, look, for those that out there are imploring and pushing change, go and check those guys out. You know, they are there imploring for some form of change at board level. There, I think, needs to be an understanding where everyone comes together for the greater good of this football club. Because quite frankly, the performances that we're seeing on and off the pitch, I think we're not good enough from Tottenham. You know, and I, there's no doubt about it. What we're seeing off the pitch is definitely transcending on it. But as always, I want to say a massive thank you to Richard Cracknell, to Tim Winstone and the wonderful Sammy Powell and last one on Spurs. We are going to be back with you later in the week to look ahead to Newcastle United at St. James's Park. But from all of us here, guys, as always, please keep safe, keep well, keep the faith. And as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.